Hello and welcome to This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod, the ultimate classic rock podcast, with new episodes released every single day. I'm Paul Stevenson, thanks as always for hitting play. Now today is December the 21st, and on this day in 1991, following the death of Freddie Mercury, Bohemian Rhapsody, that iconic song, went back to number one on the UK singles charts. It stayed there for five weeks on this occasion. The first time, though, it topped the charts in 1975. It held the number one spot for nine weeks. On this day in 1978, The Cure released their debut single, Killing an Arab. Unsurprisingly, given the title, the band faced a lot of controversy for provoking anti-Arab sentiment. On this day in 1968, Janis Joplin made her solo concert debut in Memphis at an event for Stax Vault record label. And also on this day, back in 1940, Frank Zappa was born. The musician, who conformed to no musical rules, sadly died in 1993, aged just 52. But for our main show today, we're going to focus on a meeting between a president and the king. Yes, on this day in 1970, a photo was taken that became incredibly famous. Music and politics collided when Elvis Presley met President Richard Nixon at the White House, and the innocuous photo of the pair shaking hands became infamous. Now, to find out what the heck this is all about, and British after all, and get a much more thorough understanding of this whole event, I turn to a man who knows his stuff. In fact, he's the CEO of Pantheon Media and the host of Rock and Roll Archaeology Podcast, Mr. Christian Swain. Most people don't know that the most requested image from the U.S. National Archives is a picture of Elvis shaking hands with the then-president Richard Nixon on December 21st, 1970 inside the Oval Office. Not uh, images from World War II, the moon landing, or the civil rights era. No, not the American Civil War. Pictures of the enormous natural beauty of the American landscape. Nope, it's a guy with a WWE-sized belt buckle, a crushed velvet purple suit, and famous mutton chops, shaking hands with the then-president of the United States. Intriguing? Oh, yeah. Surreal? Yep. Real? Oh, yeah, it happened. So, why? And and what did Elvis want with Nixon? And what did Nixon want by allowing Elvis into the building? Oh, and Elvis also brought a Colt forty-five pistol as well to present to the then-president. A gun in the White House? (laughs) Let's all admit this meeting, any way you slice it, is sort of strange, but intriguing. So, so strange and intriguing that in 2016, a movie was made about the event starring Michael Shannon as Elvis and Kevin Spacey as Nixon. It's not too bad and a fun romp that basically sticks to the facts. So if you want to dive deeper, check it out. Or if you prefer, there's a great drunk history episode starring Bob Odenkirk and Jack Black. But let's get the basic facts ourselves. On an American Airlines flight to D.C., Elvis composed a handwritten six-page letter to the president asking for a meeting. He expressed he was concerned about the youth culture, mentioning several counterculture organizations such as the SDS, uh, Students for a Democratic Society, and the Black Panthers. And let me say, Elvis is not exactly disparaging, but suggesting he sits between the establishment and the counterculture. And you know what? I kind of agree. Elvis was cool to just about everyone in 1970, so he kind of sat in an interesting place in our culture. He thought he could help. And as we know, overall, Elvis was a southern good boy, taught well by his mama, so it's not surprising. 
But as much as I'd like to believe Elvis's motivations were true to him, and he really wanted to play some sort of peacemaker between the silent majority and the disaffected minority, really, Elvis just wanted a badge to show off. It's the meat of the letter. A drug enforcement badge to fill out a collection of other law enforcement badges Elvis had been given over his career. And he wanted the title. Special agent. Secret, too. Anyway, Elvis deplanes in Washington, D.C. and heads straight to the White House. Yep, he just showed up at the gate and handed the letter to the guards. Unsurprisingly, this actually happens every so often, mostly by nutters, but occasionally by people who feel they are important enough to just come on over to the Oval and give advice to the leader of the free world. At least it was in 1970. So Elvis and two of his Memphis Mafia guys, Jerry Schilling and Sonny West, make their request personally and wait to see what happens. Of course, because of the photographic evidence, after going quickly through the official channels, the administration agreed to let the king meet the press. Okay, Elvis is escorted to the Oval, and he and Nixon meet. And here are the basic facts of the conversation, which lasted approximately 35 minutes. There was a show-and-tell, and Elvis presented pictures of his family and uh, of his collection containing other law enforcement patches. <laughs> and then things get weird. Elvis speaks about communist brainwashing and how the drug issue was connected. How the Beatles are bad for America. Well, bad for Elvis, so I guess bad for America. <laughs> All this is being captured by official White House photographer Ollie Atkins. The two trade a few gifts, and Nixon tells the staff to get Elvis his badge, at which Elvis bear hugs one of the coldest men to ever sit at the Resolute desk. Not something that happened very often to the Quaker president. Elvis then asks for the meeting to remain secret, and, and it does so for about a year. Not sure how Elvis was going to help negotiate a peace between the squares and the hippies, but if this is all secret, but... <laughs> As we might all suspect, that really wasn't the point. The badge was the point. And as Elvis and his two companions took a quick tour and bite at the commissary, he was brought the Holy Grail, a federal badge, a Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs badge. Mission accomplished. And so there is the famous picture of Elvis, the king of rock and roll, and of Nixon, the leader of the free world. Oh, and the Colt 45? Yeah, that was never making it into the Oval Office. The Secret Service took charge of that, of course. But you can see it with these seven silver bullets at the Nixon Library in Yorba Linda, California, where your humble narrator once lived. A fantastic story told by the brilliant Christian Swain from the Rock and Roll Archaeology Podcast. For more fascinating insights like that, please check out the show on all good podcast platforms and look for Pantheon Podcast 2 to see all the other amazing podcasts, just like Vintage Rock Pod, that are part of this terrific network. But that's it for today's This Day Rocks. I will be back tomorrow with more on This Day Rock goodness. So until then, take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.